<laughs> Take a strange trip and a Floridian dip as we slip through the rip and lose our common sense grip. You might desire a tire fire when you learn about our beef with the Osborne Reef. Too many tires killing the fish wasn't the plan of Florida, man. By today's standards, this blunder is huge, dropping all that rubber into the blue deluge. Did the Navy get greedy and needy, recruiting animals to serve in their fleeting? These soldiers of science weren't sapien servers. They were dolphins and whales and sailors with tails. Lions and tigers and bears on mine. Bomb hunting pigeons and... Bomb hunting dolphins and pigeons in the sky. Radioactive foxes never saw battle, but we made fishy deals with the real Navy SEALs. Join us on Conspiracy Chimps Podcast for Primate. And involve with us. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> the following episode is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Conspiracy Chimps Podcast. Formerly known as the Greasy Knuckles Podcast. I'm Jabone. And I'm Jay Bone. Prepare for a primate escape for your monkey mind. Shout out to White Bat. White Bat. White Bat. And what we're going to start doing is we got to do it. We just got to say, you know what? Go follow us on Spotify. You know, I don't care if you listen on there or not, but the followers on there is what counts. And, you know, leave us a message. You can always email us at. I refuse to do it. I I haven't changed our email over. Why, Why change it? Who cares what the email is? Greasy Knuckles. Yeah. It's just impossible to spell. It's that's, in, that's part of the reason we change. It's in every episode in the title. Oh, yeah, that's true. I put in parentheses in every episode. All right. So, yeah. You can email us if you want or answer the questions on Spotify. Put in there, I don't know, show ideas or or whatever. Or just show some love. Show some love to the chimps. Speaking of chimps, let's go ahead and crack this here caffeine. <laughs> Cheers, bud. Cheers, bud. Chimps. Okay. Uh, I was getting some information on what we're going to talk about. Yeah. From a, mm. a, a Spotify podcast. And, uh... Man, there was a guy in there that had the worst laugh I think I've ever heard. Oh, yeah? And it could be that I was listening to it, because I, I listen to stuff on at least, like, minimum two times speed, right? Mm-hmm. And because I had to cram a lot for this episode, I was listening to it on, like, three, three and a half. Even on the the speed difference, though, it was still sounding like, ho, 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 ho. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine if I was listening to it on normal speed, because you know how whenever it's sped up, it, it makes your voice a little bit higher pitch, you know, that kind of thing? Okay. It was still like, oh, <laughs> Sounds terrible. Oh, it was bad. So what What were the, there was two things we were going to talk about today. Yeah. So I remember one of them. Which one do you remember? Uh, the, one of them was the animals that have been used in warfare. Yeah. Or, Yeah. Which I was going to segue into that. Laser dolphins. Laser dolphins. Freaking sharks with freaking lasers on their freaking heads. Freaking laser beams. What was the other one? 
Uh, it's called Osborne Reef. Oh, that's right, Osborne Reef. Osborne Reef, for those out there that may not know, was an, not an economical, well, an economical disaster as well as an environmental disaster, mm -hmm. which I feel like in the 60s, the time period from the pre-industrial revolution to like post-industrial revolution, in that time frame, they didn't give a single fuck how anything, like, they thought, so let's just say from 1920, mm -hmm. which I know is a little bit post, but 1920 to like 1970, mm -hmm. they pretended like nothing affected the world at all in any sort of way. Like, everybody is just going to be fine. Who cares? People get sick all the time. Fuck them. They're going to die. You know, they weren't thinking long term at all. Because you had Teflon come out, which Teflon has that forever chemicals in it, the CFCs and shit like that, to where if you scratch the Teflon or whatever and it gets mm -hmm. into your system and then you take a dump, it gets put out into the landfill and it soaks into the ground. Like, it doesn't disappear. Yeah. So... Teflon was in everything and then the Osborne Reef which was the genius idea that not only you know tire manufacturers came up with but environmentalists like environmental experts were like yeah this sounds like a legit idea and the government was like this sounds like such a good idea mm -hmm. we're going to give you government grants and pay for you to do it and Osborne Reef was this whole thing of chaining tires together, like binding tires together. Yeah, nylon straps, chains. Nylon straps, chains, little metal Steel links. Bands. And dumping them into the ocean. Because they are like, oh, what do we get? Because back then, they didn't know how to recycle rubber. They were just like, well, it's here. And we can't do anything with it. So they decided, like, oh, we could create false reefs with this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the rubber will stay there forever. It'll be a nice home for fish. Mm -hmm. And after the fish take over, then we can charge people to go down there and scuba dive and, you know, be able to enjoy the millions of fish accompanying our reef. Well... What they didn't realize is this isn't like one tire in a pond that has a catfish hanging out in it, you no. know? So what they did is they took over 2 million tires mm -hmm. and people were like, they were so on board with it. People were volunteering their boats, oh. volunteering their time, their money. They were just like, fuck yeah, this is the best idea we've ever had. Mm -hmm. And this happened in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Broward County. They were... Uh, they're like, let's let's chain all this shit together, and we'll take care of this. You know, if you don't know anything about Broward County, you can go on YouTube and look up Broward County. That place is fucking wild. Yeah, pretty bad. Oh, everybody's out of control down there. I love it. When I lived there, it was crazy. But gunfights so, on the freeway and shit. It's like fucking little L.A. Which Florida? They're not really known for having like great ideas, and they're known for like the Florida man, you How know, dare. and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. 
They're not like making these re- revolutionary nah, so ideas. I, They're just they like throw a bunch of tires in there. Uh, you know, you sorry, I mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. We're on bath salts and we're gonna use them tires to build us a reef. But so, anyways, Goodyear sponsored the entire event. They're mm-hmm. like, because they were the largest tire manufacturer at that time. They sponsored the event. Yes. And they were like, you know what? We're gonna get our fucking Goodyear blimp out there for a photo op. We're gonna dump the first tire. They yeah. had this golden tire that they threw in the ocean <laughs> to like start this whole escapade off. And then two million tires yeah. later, yeah, they're like, we did it! My God, we got rid of the tires. They're good. They're gonna be good for the environment. Yeah. And then all shit broke loose. Yeah, it covers uh, over thirty-six acres. Yeah. yeah. So it reminds me of that tire fire that I saw in uh, remember, remember Tor Four. The Tor Four. Yeah. And Tors was burning over there in Kuwait. Remember that video we were watching? That tire dump caught on fire over there. Did I show you that? No. Yeah. It's like 10 million tires, but it caught on fire. Golly. And they had a fucking bulldozer or a front end loader over there trying to like make a fire line through the tire. It's, it's incredible. It's probably still burning. But yeah, so it covers 36 acres and uh, it's only it's only about 7,000 feet from the shoreline and it's only in a depth of 65 feet of water. Yeah. So and you could scuba dive out there and swim down to it. Well, they. I mean, I went swim 7,000 feet offshore in Florida. No. I wouldn't get over about knee deep. Yeah. Them sharks down there don't fuck around. Actually, is it Jupiter Beach? No. The the shark attack capital of the world's down there. Yeah. I don't yeah. doubt it. I can't remember. The, I'll remember in a minute the name of the beach, but yeah. It's right I off. I thought Australia had the shark no, no. attack capital. It's right off the coast of Florida. Um, New Smyrna Beach. Hmm. More shark attacks than anywhere else in the world. But, so this... That's some fucking tires that brought fucking, them in. I guarantee it. Think so, about it, all the extra fish in those tires. Well, that's the thing, though. This destroyed the ecosystem yeah, to the point of making it like a desolate wasteland. Because before there was fish, but they were like, the reef was kind of getting getting fucked up. So this was like their temporary solution of creating a reef to be like, we want to draw more fish in. And what would happen is the tides and everything, like these metal buckles that they used mm-hmm. ended up snapping and breaking and then the tire like links would just become single tires mm-hmm. and the tides would come in storms would come and they'd just bang around and bust up any of the new because what i didn't know for the longest time mm-hmm. was that reefs are like they're alive they fucking they grow oh yeah they're yeah. like alive organisms you yeah. know so and if the conditions aren't perfect, like they, they talk about this in the uh, like down in Australia, yeah, the truckers yeah. down there hauling yeah. the reefs out. Yeah, they they talk about how like the temperature has to be the exact temperature. Yeah, you know, it's like supposed, El Nino. Yeah, like Fuck it, the reefs up. It has to be absolute perfect conditions yeah. for the reef to continue to grow. It's like two degrees either way, they're fucked. Yeah, then they'll just completely die off and go away for yeah. fucking ten thousand years or some yeah. shit. So, but this, these single tires just started busting up all the new reef and doing yeah. all this shit. And then they said, like, these hurricanes would just start flooding in tires onto the beach and yeah. into people's cars and buildings, like, a thousand tires. And uh, they're like, man, we, we really should do something about this. So they ended up hiring this company and... 
it costs like I can't remember how much, like a couple hundred thousand dollars, and they were only to re able to remove like fourteen hundred tires. Yeah, but what I saw is they're still working on it, but I think that guy said they can do maybe seventy-five tires a day or something like that. Like, it's, yeah, and that's just picking them up, like trying to scoop them and hoping you get them. Well, they sent the military in. They're yeah. like, fuck it, we're getting the fucking yeah, both times the navy and the coast guard and all this shit, and they were into it. They ended up being able to get, I think it was forty-five hundred yeah tires. Oh, I don't know. In like a week or something like that? Yeah. But even that, I mean, say you got 45,000 tires in a week. Yeah. It would still take forever yeah. to clear out 2 million fucking yeah. tires. 10 like, weeks would be 450,000 tires. Yeah, and not to That's mention like that weeks. rubber is just disintegrating into the yeah. like... So one of the things I saw was the guy, one of the guys that was like currently trying to clean it up. I saw a clip from the news on it when an article whenever it's been the last few years he was saying that like one of the problems is they pick them up and then they break apart like even if they can get them in a bundle when uh, they're coming up the, yeah. then all the old corroded straps start breaking apart so you might come up with one tire or two tires yeah in a fucking big dredge or whatever he was using but i wonder if they can use those little you know those like auto inflate for uh scuba divers yeah the bags yeah to bring stuff to the surface yeah buoy bags or whatever they call them yeah, well, I don't know if that's just what they call them or if I just made that up. Those, like, because a lot of our uh, our float coats in the Navy, yeah. which when I was when I was hearing about these animals in war and shit, you yeah. had these two idiots that you could tell they've never even like looked into the military. Yeah, they'd be like trench foot. What's the? Isn't that when you get like hungry in the trench? I was like, God. Damn it! This is hungry. easy shit. I got bad taste in the trench foot. The stars when you're gonna eat your buddy's foot in the yeah. trench, right? I was just like, dude, these guys are idiots, and that's one example. Yeah, they had like 40 times where they're like, isn't this like blah blah? blah? And the other guy who has never studied into anything regarding the military, yeah. and I was like, if you're gonna do an entire, they had like a series, like a 10 part series on animals in the yeah or whatever. I was like. If you're going to talk about animals in war for, like, at least ten episodes, you should study in to, Animals like, and war. Animals and war. You know, not just, like, my God, there's a tiger out there. Like, tiger with a machine gun. Learn at least the bare fucking minimum. But... Yeah. That so, ranch yeah. foot. That's when you step on old chicken wing box and get ranch foot. <laughs> old, old buffalo wild so, wings. But also, this thing, it was endorsed by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers... And the Navy even sent um, a boat, I don't know, USS Thrush. I'm not sure what size boat it was or what kind of boat. Clipper. I don't know what, I don't know the boats. Yeah. At least I can admit it. Yeah. They sent a Navy battleship out there to USS Thrush full of tars. Well, see, so what I was getting at is our float coats on the flight deck and stuff that we had to use. Yeah. They had the little pull tab. Yeah. So it was just this fucking nasty greasy you know you can look up what a float coat is yeah. it's it was like a communal coat right uh no like, but, you, but i'm saying if you got issued one was it at the beginning of the deployment here's your float coat yeah some, so sometimes like sometimes you got a new one uh yeah sometimes you got a new one most of the time you'd get one from like 1970 yeah that's what so I'm saying. it was like crunchy you yeah. know but no sometimes they did give you like the brand new ones and other times like when you first started workups, yeah, 
you know, you didn't know whose float coat you were going to get. Yeah. They wouldn't issue it to you until one, if they knew you were going to be there on deployment through the whole thing and all that shit, they might issue you one. But I don't know. Float coats were weird. But anyways, we had like the little straw. Yeah, where you could blow it up. Where you could blow it yeah. up. Or we had the little pull towel that had the CO2 cartridge. Yeah. And then we had a water... Dis well, we had two different kinds. One of them was a water dissolving tablet yeah. or some shit. Sulfur so whenever, tablet, right? Yeah, it's something like that. Whenever it dissolves in the water, it would pop the CO2. Oh, okay. And then the other one was battery activated. So once it got salt water in it, yeah. it popped the I was thinking shark repellent. CO2. Oh, the, the shark bait? Uh, yeah. So I stole a... I don't know if I should say this on here or not. I stole a life jacket off an airplane one time when I was younger. Oh, yeah? Like the one that's under the seat yeah. off an airliner. It was an international flight. It was an old plane. Sure. <laughs> so when I got back to where I was going, <laughs> I got drunk and I put it on in the shower. Yeah. And my buddy got... I mean, I had, I had shorts on, but my buddy got a video camera. And I got in the shower and I got hammered. And he, like, banged on the thing and I screamed and pulled it. Well, it was a small one for, like, a either a little person or a child i'm not sure <laughs> so it almost killed me like it swelled up around my neck and i got the i had a knife in the shower don't ask i always kept a knife in the shower but i got the knife and like stabbed this thing almost stabbed myself in the throat because i was choking to death yeah like it swelled up tight bro it was little and then uh but it had this thing on it it was a, a beacon yep that would flash right yep but you had to put it in water for it to activate just like you're saying so i thought it was cool so I stuck it in a cup of water, and it was on the on like on top of my bunk, my bed, and it was flashing right. And we were you know, we kept getting drunk and forgot about it. Went out, doing. I came back. I guess the sulfur tablet was in there with that thing. It's supposed to be the maybe shark repellent. So my whole room, and like everything within a hundred yards of that room, smelled like a sulfur tablet. Ugh. It was horrible. Like the cops were there trying to figure out what was going on because people were calling like fucking stinks down here. You know, like something's dead. Yeah. But, we had uh we had the little flashing beacon and every now and again someone's float coat would get wet and yeah. it'd start blinking yeah. you know yeah and you'd hear dog dog's the guy that like runs the flight deck yeah he'd be like hey you fucking idiot you fucking retard blah 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 turn off your shit yeah because you just this beacon especially if we were like going dark or whatever yeah. and all the lights were either red or off or whatever and then you got this one idiot running around with I just want to but, say we were talking about Florida not having great ideas all the time, right? Yeah. So the founder of the company who was kind of in charge of this, um, Barnick is the uh, abbreviation for it, but it's the Broward Artificial Reef Incorporated. Mm. So it's a good there, name there. There's still a lawsuit underway, by the way. But the founder, his name is Ray McAllister, and this is his quote. The really good idea was to provide habitat for marine critters so we could double or triple marine life in the area. It just didn't work that way. I look back now and see it was a bad idea. Like, you give an official statement and you say critters. Them little critters out there running Your country's around. a goddamn chicken coop out there yeah. talking about critters. So. There you go, critters. Yeah. Oh, but, but the way it originally, originally what they were going to do before the tires came up was they were going to use those concrete jacks. You know what I'm talking about? That form, they use them to make coastlines and stuff. They actually look like a like jack that you play jacks with, but they're concrete like that. Oh yeah, yeah. So they're it's called a dolos. A dolos. One one concrete jack is called dolos with an s. All right. All right. So multiple dolos are called dolose. 
which is dumbass a because it's just like astigmatism and astigmatism yeah astigmatism right and astigmatism. i have an astigmatism right i got astigmatism yeah astigmata so but anyways whatever what the other thing i was looking at was i don't understand it seems to me if you make something like those those concrete dolo say that there'd be a method to stacking them every yeah. beach i've ever seen them on it looks like they just dumped them out I know it. Like they just back up with the dump truck and fucking put them over there. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, that's where it started. That's what they were gonna do in the beginning, but then you know, then like you said, the people came up and they were like, "Hey, man, we got all these tires laying around because there's a lot of broke down cars in Florida." Well, so whenever they started, like whenever the uh, the military went out there and started collecting these things, yeah, that's whenever they're like, "Well, fuck, what are we gonna do with it?" And by that time, there was a paper plant in Georgia that was like, well, shit, we'll take them. And they started turning these tires into usable fuel for the paper plant. Mm -hmm. I was like, you're telling me that today, because I've, I've heard of, now I haven't looked into it, take it with a grain of salt. I've heard that they can make like gasoline and diesel and shit like that out of plastic bottles. Mm -hmm. huh. But most of our plastics just get kind of tossed in a landfill. Plastic island, the size of Texas. That's right. Hey, so also, uh, it's not it's not the first one to fail either, this project. Indonesia and Malaysia mounted enormous tire reef programs in the 80s, and they had the same problems. Well, yeah, no they shit. tore everything up. They didn't learn a lesson from Florida. Which, by the way, if I was anybody in Georgia or North Carolina or probably Corpus Christi, Texas... Yeah. Or Louisiana. I'd be like, fuck you, Florida. Throwing a bunch of tires in the goddamn ocean. Now they're floating all over our beaches, too. Because yeah. when the hurricanes, you know, hurricanes come. But uh, in 98, Hurricane Bonnie deposited thousands of tires on the North Carolina beaches. And, you know, I'm sure that that's not the only place. Like, I'm sure there's still a million tires. Because you think about them spreading out, you know, they didn't all just stay right there. Yeah. Where they're cleaning up. Especially when you got like these fucking hurricanes coming in and throwing all these tires everywhere. Like, yeah. They're not, yeah, like you said, they're not just going to stay in one spot. They're like, you know, we'll chill out right here for a bit. Yeah. But, so the other thing that we wanted to talk about is dag blame animals in war. Dag blame. This dag blame animals in war has been used forever. Ever. Oh, real quick. That's kind of like what a float coat looks like. Yeah, I know they are. Right, I mean, sure. I, I have never worn one, but I've seen them. Um, also, real quick, that they said the last thing I read was it's about twenty-eight dollars a tire to pick them up. Twenty-eight bucks a tire. If when they add in all the cost, fuel, people, all that kind of stuff. So. You know, a hundred years from now, they're gonna look back and be like, "What the fuck were they doing in 2023? Those guys fucked up the earth. Uh, like yeah. they didn't care, you know." Yeah. But at least now, I feel like people are more conscious about like maybe we shouldn't throw two million tires in the ocean mm -hmm. we'll throw them in a landfill you know we'll set them on fire mm -hmm. so i don't know there's gonna be something that comes out that they're gonna be like god why would they do that yeah yeah there will be his name is joey Biden. No, um so if you were a loved one yeah if you were a loved one swam in florida <laughs> from 1976 to 2028 <laughs> And you got tire cancer. And you got tire tire fishiitis. Yeah. I got a tireitis, son. 
We suing Florida. Now, come on now. We shouldn't be making fun of people with tiritis. <laughs> don't get canceled in 20 years. They're going to look back and be like, those sons of bitches. Why the fuck would they say something Why about people with tiritis? How could you be so cold? So, uh, but animals in Dag Blame War. That's another thing. What? Real quick. Those, uh, these comedians get fucking... Retroactively like, canceled? Yeah. They're like, hey... What you said 15 years ago was fucked up. And yeah. they're like, well, we didn't know that. Yeah. Like, how are we supposed to know that that was going to offend people 15 years down the line? I know everybody's going to get so soft in the future. Yeah, I started watching Boondocks again. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that TV oh, yeah. show? Yeah, I remember Dude, Boondocks. Fucking. Can we go to the R. Kelly trial? Yeah. <laughs> I started watching that shit again, and I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. If this was on TV again, yeah. there'd be riots. Like, full-scale yeah. fucking... Yeah, the, the the movie with Robert Downey Jr., Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. That's come yeah. up a few times. Like, he's not going to get canceled. He has a pass. But that's come up a few times. Yeah, but it's just like... Jamie Foxx gave Robert Downey Jr. the go-ahead for Tropic Thunder, just like just like um, Samuel L. Jackson gives Quentin Tarantino the go-ahead to drop the N-bombs. Yep. So, as long as you got a pass. Jimmy Kimmel got a pass for doing Charles Barkley. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see that one. You ever seen Jimmy Kimmel do Charles Barkley? I try and not watch anything Jimmy Kimmel comes out with. It's when he was on like Saturday Night Live. Oh. 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. He painted his body brown and pretended to be... Is it Carl Malone? Or Charles Barkley? I can't remember. I think it's Carl Malone. Never mind. Carl Malone. I don't know. He's like, ha, I'm Carl Malone. He like... Just plays it up. Yeah. So, but he didn't get canceled. He's still fine. I got your ass, Santa. I'm coming for you, Santa. Yeah. You know where it's safe. I'm the Santa thug. Yeah. The Santa stalker. Yeah. I've been watching that shit. I've been dying because I yeah. still have that sense of humor. You know? Right. That cancelable yeah, yeah. sense of humor. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. It's, I, I guarantee you. Yeah. Like you said, 15 years from now. Yeah. Someone stumbles upon this episode. They're going to be like, <gasps> Typhusitis. That was the worst thing you could say. It was worse than COVID. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but also, uh, was it the Friday after next or next Friday? I can't remember one of the Friday movies where he moves out to live with his uncle and cousin Day Day after they win the lottery and they live in the big house. I think that was Friday after next. Yeah, and uh, Michael Rappaport, that redheaded white dude, shows up mm -hmm. as the mailman. And he's and he says all kinds of crazy shit to him, you know. And he's like, he's like, oh, are you a basketball player or something, you know? Because he lives in the big house. And he's like, yeah, for the Cucamonga Cracker Killers. So I mean, they go back and forth a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you know, It's funny. Yeah, it's just jokes. But I don't know. People, I like seeing those videos where these bitches go yeah. to like comedy shows. Oh yeah, and don't laugh. And they get so angry and they start heckling yeah. and they're like. You know, you could have watched some of my shit. Like, there's one one guy who's getting heckled. He's like, "Did you not look up anything from me?" Right. Like, I've had this uh, this show planned for like six months. If you looked up anything from me, you would know yeah. I'm offensive. You would know I'm disgusting. I think I saw like, that clip. He's like, "You took that six months and just went, eh? I'll try him out." It's yeah. Like, You're the fucking idiot. You yeah. know. But people just go to these comedy shows. And don't look up the people or whatever, or go there on purpose just to get mad. Yeah. And then try and heckle them, and they're like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So, 
Animals of War. Where did you Where did you start with this? Did you go straight to dolphins with lasers? No. Okay. no I didn't even get into dolphins with lasers. But I don't. I, th- I think I saw the dolphins, but they weren't with lasers. They were like looking for bombs and protecting yeah. boats. But what? Where did you want to start with animals and Genghis Khan? Genghis Khan. No, I said elephants. Elephantitis. And the elephantitis. Elephantitis. If you don't know what that is, it's tyritis of the testicles. So, so um, they still have this mystery about Genghis Khan and his elephants. Yeah. Because yeah. Let's hear it. So the mystery is they don't know how he got elephants where he got them. Because they say these were African elephants. They weren't Asian elephants. A word? Word. Okay. And he had to climb over like mountains and shit with these elephants and they're just like where where the fuck did they come from yeah and it's still a mystery like none of all the records say that he had elephants yeah at, you know the battle the major battle yeah but they're Water. all just like how the fuck did he get a hold of these things yeah so but anyways he used these elephants in the war mm-hmm. and you gotta, you gotta think, right? Like today, pretty much everybody knows what an elephant is, even if you've never seen one in person. You yeah. know what it fucking looks like. <laughs> but yeah, who's never? I mean, okay, never mind. Go ahead. Well, so back then, it's not like they had Google and the, the Discovery Channel. You yeah, know, or National Geographic. I'm sure there's people that haven't ever seen an elephant. Can you imagine? You know, I think about this a lot. This is one of the things that keeps me awake at night. I think about like being 35 and that being the first time I ever saw a TV or the first time I ever saw a car you know what I mean like how much different it would be to my brain than like seeing a TV when I was two or whatever growing up with a TV and it just being there you'd feel like a fucking time traveler so earning I can't imagine like uh, I've never seen a blue whale in person like from, from like a little boat up close where I could really see it I think about seeing those sometimes. That thing's a hundred fucking feet long and weighs a mm-hmm. hundred tons. That's incredible, that number. And it's unfathomable in my mind. So I, I think about like, that would be so weird the first time you ever saw, like, you're, like I said, 35 and you saw an elephant. Well, and you're just like, what the fuck is that? Especially if you're like, all right, we are going to fucking war. We yeah. are going to go kill these motherfuckers. Yeah. We're going to go like... We've got the most advanced bamboo bows and arrows. Yeah, we're gonna go Earth. fuck them up, and then they come up over the hill. <laughs> Where, yeah, yeah. And you just see this monster, and yeah. you know they they built them up with these armor the and swords, shit like that. The elephant swords. Yeah, they called them. I think. And they said like, even if you didn't get trampled, these tusks, you know, they were long fucking tusks. Yeah. They were six foot long, so they could just stab them right through you and. Yeah. Seeing this shit for the first time ever, you'd be like, holy fuck. Yeah. We're done. Like, it, our bows and arrows aren't doing shit. Um, so, Genghis Khan was the first one to use, like... They said prior to Genghis Khan, they would use, like, bees and stuff. Mm-hmm. They would trap beehives inside of clay pots. Yeah. And throw them off of shit onto like enemies and stuff like that yeah and when the clay pots would bust open you know these bees would come out of there mad as shit of course um but he used animals in the mongol campaign against the tangut 
kingdom uh-huh. of Hisai Hisai, I guess. Easy for you to say. Yeah. He's shy, he's shy. Yeah. And 1207. Uh, in a faint, he offered to end the siege of the well-fortified city of Valahai if he was paid a tribute of 1,000 cats and 1,000 swallows. And... That's what he wanted? To stop fighting with 1,000 cats yep. and 1,000 birds? He said, I want 1,000 swallows and 1,000 cats. Birds? Yep. Okay. And they were just like, fuck yeah. We see what you got. All right, we'll give you these 1,000 cats and 1,000 swallows. You know, everybody else is like, what the fuck is he asking for ca- cats, bro? Why the fuck do you want so many fucking cats? I want some money. And he's like, nope, just want cats and I just want swallows. That's yeah. it. Don't give me shit else. I don't want rats or any of that. Genghis Khan was a prolific pussy eater. He was. And now... Pussy cat. Genghis Khan then set them alight. He fucking set these little bastards on fire. So... The cats and swallows? Cats and swallows. He tied, like, string to their feet. He had all all of his soldiers, like, hold them and tie strings to their feet and set them on fire. So... And then he let them go. Yeah. Back into the city. Back into the city they ran because they were like, holy fuck, I'm on fire and I right gotta home. get home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it ran into the, and all the buildings, like the huts and all this shit, were all made out of wood yeah, and yeah. straw. So now they have 2,000 fires just like that. Yeah. So after he released them and one great rush of living fire yeah. the wretched animals set the city alight in hundreds of places simultaneously that's awesome while the defenders fought the flames the mongols breached the walls yeah they did they just like no no, no. we won't attack you as long as you give me these fucking cats and swallows all right yeah. and they're like all right yeah, yeah whatever you want but as soon as they fucking i can only imagine like these a thousand birds flying at your city just flame and toe. Yeah. You'd be like, holy shit! Yeah. The thousand little fucking felines like flipping the fuck out. No part of either one of those jobs sounds fun to me. Like, you have to go catch a thousand cats or you have to hold down a thousand cats and tie strings <laughs> to their feet and set them on fire and like, is that like the shit job? You know, like, you, like you're an asshole so you're on cat duty. <laughs> fuck. Cat duty again, bro. But, yeah, so elephants have been war- have been used throughout all of history Mm -hmm. like they've been used for all sorts of things fucking the battle of carthage Mm -hmm. with uh hannibal and i don't know just all these little these little wars that elephants have fought in is pretty amazing but Uh, yeah yeah, so the one that I found interesting was the the foxes. So there was an operation. It was actually called Operation Fantasia. All right. And in Operation Fantasia, um, this dude. Hold on, let me think. Let me find it. Shinto is the way of the gods. Uh, Shinto is a Anyways, so. Shit, I lost my spot. Oh, fucking lost my spot. So, Operation Fantasia was a brainchild of OSS psychological warfare strategist Ed Salinger, an eccentric businessman who'd run an import-export business in Tokyo before the war. Salinger's business dealings had given him uh, pretty good knowledge of Japanese culture. And he had studied the language, their art, superstitions, and that's why the OSS hired Office of Special Whatevers. So, 
1943, he pitched the idea that they would destroy Japanese morale by exposing soldiers and civilians to a Shinto portent of doom. A Shinto is like a, it means like the way of the gods, like a deity or a, you know, like a, um, mm-hmm. anyways, the, the, the Shinto that he wanted to use was called a Kitsune or Kitsune. It's a fox-shaped spirit with magical abilities, right? So he uh, he knew the Japanese people were like suspicious and traditional, you know, like like that's a big part of their thing is belief yeah. in their gods or their their I can't think of the word I'm looking for, not policies, but their religious practices, mythology, and- yeah, mythology and stuff like that. So, um, so he decided. God damn it! I lost my spot again. But he so they fashioned fox-shaped balloons to fly over Japanese villages and scare the citizens. And they also asked a whistle company to create an instrument that simulated fox sounds. But their their biggest um, they had artificial fox odors, all this kind of shit. Their biggest their biggest thing was to catch live foxes in China and Australia, have the Australian truckers drive them yeah. to, to Japan, spray paint them with glowing paint, and release them throughout Japanese villages. As you can imagine, there were a few hurdles. Mm-hmm. Catching, I mean, a thousand cats, that's one thing. But a thousand foxes, or even ten foxes probably. They didn't know what kind of paint to use, so the United States Radium Corporation provide an answer in the form of glow-in-the-dark paint which contained radium so you have these jacked up foxes fucking full of radiation yes now they're radioactive foxes <laughs> so, um but anyways that stuff was terrible you know like uh they there used to be i, I want to say it was a rolex watch yep yep yeah the and dials piece yeah the dials were illuminated with mm-hmm. radium and that women who worked in the watch factory they suffered from anemia bone fractures and necrosis of the jaw and that was from them using their pursed lips to shape the contaminated brush tips into a fine point so they would paint and then put the brush in their mouth to make it to a point again yeah and yeah there's a there's this girl on tiktok who collects old like antique bowls and stuff like that Mm -hmm. that's all radioactive it's pretty wild because she has these cabinets full of like glowing fucking bowls and plates and cups. Where and is this? On TikTok. She like she's a collector of radioactive things. Of radioactive. What an idiot. Shit, like you know, timepieces and all this other stuff. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. So here we go. So the next problem was getting the paint to stick to the fur. So. <laughs> They, he decided to uh, he decided that a raccoon would be easier to deal with than a fox to test it on. So, uh, you know, he said the raccoon was more than happy to be painted for food because raccoons are just mm-hmm. like gluttonous little shits. So it was kept under lock and key and hidden from public. And after several days of ordinary bullshit or messing with the raccoon, the paint stayed on. To, and here we go. To find out whether the faux supernatural foxes would actually frighten the Japanese, the OSS decided to release 30 glowing foxes in Washington, D.C.'s Rock Creek Park to gauge the reaction of the locals. So they did it in a park in Washington, D.C. first. So 
On a summer night in 1945, OSS personnel released the foxes in the park and the creatures scampered along the trails with promising results. So people were terrified, whatever. People needed, like, therapy after this. <laughs> Dude, that is so fucking funny to me that they're like, where can we try this? And they're like, well, you know, we could just try it on the Japanese. You know, we'll just go on over there. That way, oh. if it all goes sideways, at least it's over there with them. No, yeah. I got a better idea. Let's, let's go, go to the city. Let's go to Washington, D.C. Which, I had my buddy, well, he was my cousin, right? He had lived in Atlanta his whole life. Mm-hmm. And where I lived... In Tennessee, growing up, it was the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Like, nothing around, no streetlights, nothing. So, anytime he'd come up to visit, he was scared shitless if we went out at nighttime. Mm-hmm. Because the woods make noise, you know? Yes. You got cicadas and all this other shit that he, you know, he had never heard before. He had never heard coyotes howling and shit like that. And if we ever camped out, you mm-hmm. know, in the middle of the woods whatever he'd be frightened the whole time just because all these noises and shit that he, he's used to hearing car horns and police yeah. sirens and shit so testing out radioactive foxes <laughs> in the middle of the city i mean you you stick that in the boondocks of tennessee they'd be like oh hell yeah son that's a fucking glow-in-the-dark fox and they'd kill it and mount it you know yeah but in the middle of the city, you could release anything. Yeah. And they'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. And this was New York. They'd just be like, it's something from the subway, dude. Don't yeah. worry about it. So. <laughs> Have you seen the rats there? Yeah. That are like dogs? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I think those are like closer to beavers. I can't remember what they're called. Yeah. Okay, they're like, a, anyways, it doesn't matter. Don't get a subject on that. But So then they had to figure out how to get the foxes on the Japanese islands. And the guy from the zoo that was helping them said... Foxes can swim a long ways. It'll be fine. You drop them off in the ocean, they'll swim to shore, right? So they went out in the middle of Chesapeake Bay with a bunch of fucking... With 30 radioactive foxes and threw them all out of the boat. (laughs) So the foxes made it to shore, but then they licked the rest of the paint off, cleaning themselves, what didn't wash off in the water. So then they had to get them on the the shore first, and the guy said, well, how are we going to do that? And he said, and once we drop them off, how do we know they'll go to people? that they won't just run like scamper into the woods or whatever. So the guy said, how do you train a fox? So nobody knew how to train foxes. So of course this dude, this guy, the OSS guy was like, strength in numbers. So they decided they were gonna do a bunch, I guess. But anyways, while all this was going on, he found another superstition that terrified the Japanese even more. And it appears in the form of a fox bearing death's head on its crown. So they've made, (laughs) They've made a stuffed fox with a human skull affixed to his head, equipped with a simple mechanical device for raising and lowering the jaw so as to simulate opening and closing of the mouth of the skull. So now they got a stuffed fox with a skull on top with a mouth that works. And they were going to paint it and put it... Um, they were going to paint that and use that with the glowing shit. I, it just keeps... The, the problem with this is it just keeps going on and on. Like, they... So... All right, so then they put a taxidermy fox body on a black cloth painted with glowing bones, and then they were going to lift it with air balloons or a kite as if it were levitating. Like, they went way too far. Yeah. Like, radioactive foxes was... I don't, I don't imagine if we were trying to figure this out, and you're like, all right, so 
I got an idea. We can release radioactive foxes. And you were like, or, or we can put a mechanical skull on a fox and fly it with a balloon over it. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's going to be yeah. hard enough to do the foxes. When, when was this? What time? 1945. Oh, they were coked out of their minds. Yeah, dude. everybody was crazy. They were just like, <laughs> all right, let me tell you something, <laughs> yeah. all right? I can get a mechanical fox head, throw it on a balloon, and people are like, I love that fucking idea. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> so then he said if none of that worked, that they, he wrote a memo called Fox Possessed Human Beings. <laughs> and in this game... Japanese citizens sympathetic to the Allied cause would simulate persons possessed by the fox, possessed by the fox spirit. So they were going to run around in a semi-deranged state, yelling about foxes. So none of the they never actually got the foxes to Japan. All right, all right. But that was um, I don't I don't know that was. I guess it wasn't technically used in warfare, but I thought it was a pretty good one to bring up to see, to show just how far people are willing to go with animals. Oh, yeah. So, there is... I'm, I'm trying to find the war that it was in. Um, but one of these times... Mm-hmm. Because any time you look up Turkey... Yeah. It's all just like, oh, the Turkish military, the Turkish fucking... I don't give a fuck. The gendarme. But anyways, there's they found out that they could airdrop supplies using turkeys because they'll they'll float down. Yeah, you know? they don't fly really, but yeah. Yeah, and then as soon as they start getting close to the ground, they'll start like crazy flapping their wings, yeah. right? So they found out that they could airdrop supplies in because they the parachutes were like hard to come by yeah. at this point in the war. Um, so they started using turkeys. They would tie a bunch of supplies to the turkey's leg and throw them out of planes, and they would just kind of float yeah. down, you know. So that, I've been trying to find that war. But anyways, the Battle of Carthage was okay. the one I was talking about, where they were using the elephants and well, that's oh, okay. That's one of them, yeah. Right. Um, and the Battle of Carthage actually happened. It was between. 200 and 300 BC. Um, fucking crazy. 278 to 276 yeah. BC. So, I wonder... I've been curious about this. How did they know what year it was? So, I know, like... I think they had to date, had to backdate that stuff. I think they did, but... I, it got me wondering, right. like... What did they call it? Exactly. They weren't like, oh, well, it's 278 B.C. right now. Yeah, Christ will be here in 278 years. Yeah, they, they didn't know that shit. Yeah, that's a good question. That's I weird. Don't know. Hmm. And then even the after-death thing, like... Tupac? Well, B.C. to A.D., right? Yeah. It wasn't when Jesus died, they, they started at A.D. Because he was still... He was still alive to like I think it was twenty four AD or some shit. Okay. So I don't know. We got to look into the calendar one one day. Yeah. The Gregorian Gregorian Gregorian. Gregorian. Calendar? That's the word. But yeah. Um. All right. I don't want to get off subject because I was this. I'm curious about that now too. 
another another one I found was the most recent use of so the Navy the Navy's been big into using dolphins. Yeah. Because they're real smart, they're easy to train, and they're they're pretty you know pretty badass. So uh, what I found was the most recent use of Navy dolphins was during the war on terrorism and Operation Enduring Freedom. Really? I didn't know that. Um, so it says the Navy dolphins were used to guard ships against enemy swimmers and locate and mark mines. They also use sea lion whales and sea lions in their programs. So, I didn't know that they uh, use sea lions. The Navy SEALs. <laughs> That's so stupid. I know. So, <laughs> rats are commonly used, just like, you know, Navy SEALs or dolphins in wars. Um, and they date back for a very long time, too. But even to this day, they still use... They're starting to use more rats instead of dogs for uh, finding mines and shit like that. Mm -hmm. Because, one, rats are... You don't have to spend any money on them. You know, they're yeah. cheap as fuck. They take hardly anything to train. I think they said on average it takes like 14 days to be able to train these rats to where like they're field ready kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And with dogs, it takes years to train them, mm -hmm. you know. Not only that, you could take in 10 pounds of food with 10 rats and be good for, like, a while, you know. Whereas for a dog... 10 days. Yeah. That's the 10-10-10 theory. Yeah, exactly. So, um... <laughs> but in the... In the war, right, not only do they use them for... Finding mines, which I thought was absolutely crazy. Yeah. Like, and they don't set off the mines either because a dog can still set off a landmine. Yeah. Because it, you know, you get on it. a 50 or 60 pound German Shepherd. Yeah, that's enough. On the lighter side, you know. Yeah. That's enough. It's going to fucking blow. But these little rats running around being like, hey, there's one right here. Where's my treat, bitch? Yeah. You know? They're still using that, right? Yeah. You know what you're just saying? Yeah. Like the Sudan or wherever? Yeah, they're still using these rats to this day. Even in, uh, America is still using these. Yeah. What the fuck? Screenshot. Screenshot. But back in the trenches of World War One, they would strap like explosives yeah. to rats and just let them run, dude. Because they said. It, just like chuck a piece of cheese across the line over there and <laughs> let them go. Frag out. But there was. Like thousands and thousands of rats. Because trench warfare was fucking gnarly. Yeah, it was nasty. Like, the trench foot. Yeah. You know, the fucking... Well, there was trench foot, there was jungle foot, there was all that shit. Basically, um, your feet would just rot off. Yeah. No matter what, what you want to call it. Exactly. It's got that foot rot. And then you're just stuck there in that trench. You can't just leave. Yeah. You can't mm -hmm. just be like, well, I'm here, and it's time for me to bug out. Ain't no Lamasil gonna clean that up. No. So... And when these soldiers would die, there's nowhere to really take them. So they would just be rotting inside yeah. the trench. So they said, like, there was thousands and thousands of these fucking rats. And they spread diseases. Oh, yeah. They were fucking this just was a plague gnarly came little from. bastards. The fleas on rats, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the, was it the Black Plague? The bubonic Plague, yeah. That yeah. bubonic chronic. <laughs> yeah. Bubonic chronic, you're... So, when, so I... Real quick, I found an interesting paragraph that I wanted to read. 
So in the Cold War, the Soviet military was said to have parachuted military-trained dolphins from heights of nearly two miles. What the fuck? All right, this is just like a, just like a quick little embodiment of what we're talking about. Dolphins were also used in the study and design of underwater torpedoes. A pod of sea lions, I, was, I wasn't joking, the Navy sea lions, known as MK-5 Mod 1, was trained to retrieve explosives. In the U.S.'s 1969 Project Deep Ops, two killer whales and a pilot whale, Ahab, Ishmael, and Morgan, were trained to retrieve objects that had been lost in the ocean in conditions too deep for human divers to retrieve. Mm. All right? So, this is just real quick, the last part of the, what I'm going to say about the dolphins. The Marine Fisheries Service and Navy necropsy reports show that the Navy collected 146 dolphins of four species since 1962. Of this 146, 60 were still in service, 11 were transferred to private facilities, 5 had escaped, and 55 died. So, however, the reports are not complete and not all dolphin deaths are reported. That's crazy. 146 dolphins since 1962. <laughs> I thought it was like toss five. Toss them out of planes. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I thought it was going to be like, yeah, they've used five or six dolphins over the years, you know. They've yeah. trained, like they'd have their names, like Willy Billy and Dot. That's the only dolphins we've yeah, ever yeah. had in the Navy. No, 146. 146. So they were up to just calling them numbers and you know it. That's crazy. Yeah. Um... Yeah, they said the psychological effects on the soldiers from the rats. They said mm-hmm. these rats would become the size of, like, small dogs and mm-hmm. cats because they oh, were yeah. just eating all the time. And, I mean, it was a hotbed. And anyone that was, like, wounded, the the rats would be, like, sitting there waiting and yeah. just starting on on them, walk across them, do, do whatever. Um but it says trench rats contributed to many different psychological effects on the human psyche, given their ability to disrupt sleep and reduce the overall quality of the soldier's rest. The noises rats made in no man's land during night would sometimes cause soldiers to believe enemies were mounting an attack, leading them to grow paranoid and shoot out into the empty space between trenches. Yeah. <laughs> it would it'd be maddening, dude. You know it would. Yeah, especially all the time, like 24-7 they just had paranoia the entire time um but i thought that was that was crazy yeah well so in march 28th of 2016 so in march of 2016 the russian government announced it was looking to buy five combat dolphins (laughs) um two females and three males physically unblemished and in possession of perfect teeth so who knows what the fuck they were going to get up to, but I mean, you know, and then I found a, a pretty cool picture. You can look up K-Dog. K slash dog is a bottlenose dolphin attached to Commander Task Unit uh, 5543, but there's a picture of him jumping out of the water with a camera on his fin. Yeah, that's Or a laser. Nice. That might a be the laser. Laser beam, dude. Laser beam on his fin, bro. Laser beam. Um, but yeah, there's also... Uh, in the French army, obviously it was a French bag, um, I don't know. The uh, quartermaster's office promised a bonus of 50 cents for each rat tail presented. Oh. So these rat catchers, you know, were hired by the army to go in there. Yeah. 
And they were like, fuck yeah, I'll go in there and hunt me some rats. 50 cents a piece. Yeah. Like, get their dogs and whatever and just go in there and just... They're rat terriers. Rat terriers. And just go in there and fuck up these rats and get paid, man. But... They're vicious little bastards. So, yeah. They, uh, they would use gases. They would use, like, sticks of dynamite. All sorts of shit. And the CIA had a program with hawks and shit like that yeah pigeons like attack pigeons did attack you see that yeah. yeah so they started thinking like you know old timing when they'd send carrier pigeons mm-hmm. and spy pigeons yeah. and shit like that so the cia had a program which we need to look I into like i remember this from so i've heard about this before yeah they they trained these pigeons to go out and just like fuck up any pigeon they seen yeah so they just released these pigeons in, into there and just maul these pigeons well they were like oh we might be we might have some like spy pigeons in our ranks or whatever so they ended up training these hawks to go out there because they were better killers you know pigeon on pigeon yeah that's a fair fight pigeon on pigeon crime's a real thing it is yeah pigeon on pigeon oh (laughs) but pigeon on pigeon crime you swap that with a hawk yeah murder murder or a peregrine falcon yeah it's like the fastest bird in the world just it's like brutal a missile that shits all right yeah. so we gotta wrap it up it's time all right well uh quick thing would you rather fight mike tyson for five minutes or well, 10 minutes or 10 minutes yeah or Holy fuck sp- speak like him the rest of your life speak like him the rest of my life because yeah. if you fight him for 10 minutes you're gonna speak like him anyways when he's done <laughs> you're gonna be talking all fucked up so this is my Tyson just signing off. You got anything else? Question everything. That's going to be it from here, Conspiracy Chimps. Remember to like, comment, share, follow, and... Oh, uh, good life. Just like you... Yeah, whatever. I'll tuck your shirt. <laughs> Give your fucking balls a tug. <laughs>